0: It is Thursday, September 20th. I hope you guys are doing really well. I'm having sort of a rough day today, and I decided to record this episode anyway because I figured it might boost my mood and also because I would like to keep up the momentum of putting out weekly episodes. I didn't put one out last week, so this week I definitely knew I had to. I want to talk specifically today first um, about Hurricane Maria. It's been one year since Hurricane Maria hit the people of Puerto Rico. And yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's been one year. Um, I actually have a friend who spent six months there recently he just got back I think a month ago um, he was over there doing some hurricane relief work with the people of Puerto Rico so I wanted to get him on this episode just to talk to him about what he did what he saw and all of that stuff but it didn't work out So as of right now you guys just have me and hopefully I'll get him on a another episode because I feel like he probably has a lot to share. So as we all know, Or maybe not. So a year ago, Hurricane Maria hit Puerto Rico, and Puerto Rico was very ill-prepared for the hurricane, as most places are. You can't really be prepared for that. Um, It's a natural disaster, and especially for an island, it can be disastrous, and it totally was. So there was actually uh, multiple credible universities and nonpartisan governing bodies independently uh, did a study of the mortality rate uh, that resulted from this hurricane. And they concluded that over 3,000 people died because of the hurricane in Puerto Rico or the hurricanes. There were actually multiple ones um, that hit them uh, around the same time. And something really crazy that happened, I would say about a week and a half ago, was that Dear old president Donald Trump decided it would be really cute to take to Twitter, which he does regularly. He spouts bullshit constantly. Um, But this is what he had to say. He said, quote, 3000 people did not die in the two hurricanes that hit Puerto Rico. When I left the Island after the storm had hit, they had anywhere from six to 18 deaths. As time went by, it did not go up by much. Then, a long time after, they started to report really large numbers, like 3,000. This was done by the Democrats in order to make me look as bad as possible when I was successfully raising billions of dollars to help rebuild Puerto Rico. If a person died for any reason, like old age, just add them onto the list. Bad politics. I love Puerto Rico. I just, I really, I, I just can't believe that he's using the deaths of Pete, like you can't, you can't completely ignore death. Like he ignores reality as if it's as easy as taking a piss. Like, I just really don't understand how he sleeps at night. I really don't. And I don't understand how he's allowed to do this. He's imagine, I mean, me as a person who a is in Puerto Rican, doesn't live there, has no connection really to it this breaks my heart. It it like breaks my soul. It makes me very, very deeply, deeply angry. So I can't even imagine living in Puerto Rico and having gone through it or knowing that your friend died there or any, you know, in any capacity, having been involved in it and reading the president of the United States say these words and literally gaslighting an entire nation and pretending like lives weren't lost and discounting the truth and pretending that it was not a big deal. I mean, that is insane. I just, it's really, really sad that, that this is happening <laughs> and to make it, and for him to, to try to separate it and make it a Democrat versus Republican issue. Like, no, this is not a partisan thing. This is literally just human lives dead. And he did nothing about it. He's saying that he donated billions of dollars. Yeah. Okay cool. Where did that go? Cause there's people in Puerto Rico that still don't have electricity and there's people in Puerto Rico that still don't have water, but Hey, there's people in Flint, Michigan that don't have water either. So I guess everything just falls on deaf ears in this administration. Um, I just, I'm so sorry to everyone out there who was affected by this and, and has to read this. It must be really, really so painful to read this. I mean, I can't even imagine I would, I would probably be punching walls. This is just incredible. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the, the team of researchers spent, I believe, six months, you know, going over the death certificates, speaking to funeral home directors, interviewing doctors, and that's pretty much how they arrived at their number, which is still estimated. I think it was about 2,900, something like that. Um, so the media is sort of, counting it up to 3,000 just to make it an even three. Um, And yeah, the president is basically doing all he can to diminish the souls that have been lost. I mean, it's just really pathetic and really disgusting. Like, really, every day, it's more, more of a confirmation of how evil, evil, like, just downright evil he is to completely, completely disregard genocide. Like, and we're not even talking... From the direct hit of the hurricane, I believe I believe that most deaths um, happened after, you know, during the aftermath of the hurricane. And the fact that people had nowhere to go and there were sick people and, and there were people that were dying and didn't have any care. Babies, elderly and people that don't have access to all these things and were never given anything. Um, probably because the GOP doesn't consider Puerto Rico to be America when they really fucking are. So they don't care. I mean, would this be happening in Florida? Would would Floridians' lives be ignored if they all died? I don't think so. It's just really sad. <laughs> like, I really wish I could come on with good news, but... I mean, I guess the good news is that most people acknowledge that he's a piece of shit and, and that he's a liar and that he's full of shit and he just lives in a different realm that has nothing to do with reality. But it's still really sad. You know, it's it's just really sad that in an age where technology is everything, we have the president of the most powerful quote unquote country in the world tweeting, and trying to make him like trying to make the deaths about him like instead of instead of using it as a platform for good he decides to completely undermine a, a professional nonpartisan study that was made that confirmed that at least 2975 souls were dead as a result of hurricane maria and him completely just pretending it didn't happen it's really really awful and since we're on the topic i had my friend adriana who i actually had on two episodes ago the episode Shardashian takes adrihen um i had her send me just a little clip of her speaking a bit about puerto rico she was actually recently there about a week and a half ago and i just wanted to talk to her a little bit about her experience she's puerto rican she has family there I wanted to know how she felt a year ago when this, you know, this whole hurricane thing was happening, how she felt after, what she heard from the locals, and how she saw the island now a year later when she went to visit.
1: You know, it's it's actually really surreal to sit here and think about the fact that it's actually been a year since Hurricane Maria and i think about how i felt in that moment when it was all happening and unraveling into everything that's happened since then and it, how, the progression of it all into where we are now and it has been honestly the wildest roller coaster i've been on in a very long time um well to start off my family um they live primarily in Lajas um, that's where my grandparents live they live in a, a part of Lajas called la Parguera. so this is on the west side of the of the island my aunt and uncle they live in San Juan but um, for the hurricane they they rode it out over there with my grandparents um, just so they could all be together. Uh, My grandfather just turned 90 a few weeks ago, two weeks ago. My grandmother almost there. Um, Yeah, late 80s, really bad at remembering ages. But it was terrifying to think of my grandparents. I mean, yeah, my whole family, but just my grandparents in general, Especially my grandfather, who is in the early stages of dementia. And, you know, it's just when you know that a hurricane the size of Hurricane Maria is about to hit your island and your families over there, and you're helpless, it's something I hope no one ever has to experience. And, um, yeah, it's just, we just kept thinking about like, you know, a a hurricane this size, what happens if a big accident happens and our grandparents can't go to the hospital? Like what's going to happen? It's just, yeah. So fortunately we were extremely lucky. My family was extremely lucky. I am very fortunate to be able to say that I did not have any family members pass away um, during or after the hurricane. Um, uh, La Barguera only lost power, I would say, for about a month or so. Um, my aunt's house was okay, thankfully, and my uncle's apartment as well. Um, but my aunt had no power so we had to send over a generator to help her out and yeah um but my grandparents we eventually ended up sending over as much supplies as we could and I mean it took took a while to be able to get a hold of them um I think about how I felt in that moment I've I've never felt that level of stress and anxiety as I've felt waiting to hear back from my family to know if they're alive, if just the state of everything. We didn't hear from them for, I think it was like a month and a half around that. And it was really hard being at home because those that's my mom's parents and just... The amount of crying that we did and praying, and I'm not even a religious person, but the amount of praying that I did during that time, damn, I could have, like, cured miracles, honestly, and the best way to explain the amount of stress that I was having, it's I reached a level of stress so bad that I broke out in really bad cystic acne. My body was completely just just going against me because I was trying so hard to keep it together because, you know, I would go to work and we have two other Puerto Rican coworkers, we well, had two other Puerto Rican coworkers and um, you know, we would lean on each other and ask each other like how's our family doing how's your family doing have you heard anything like what's the state of this and at the same time just those that were able to get a hold of their family and and just find channels to communicate to them and we would just hear about how, what was really going on on the island but then what was being reported here and everywhere else didn't even come close to the truth. And uh, that's to this day, that's such a frustrating, angering detail to know just how much this administration has completely brushed off the reality of it all. And just how many people really have died. And it's horrible. It's really, really horrible. The next time I was able to go to Puerto Rico, let's see the, so it happened in September. I went towards the end of the year. Went sometime time, um, I always go for New Year's. So that was one of the most heartbreaking, surreal moments I've had to experience. You know, I, I grew up, spending my entire summers in Puerto Rico and I I make it I, I just make it top priority to be always be able to go at least once a year so when I tell you that I would land in San Juan and drive all the way to La Parguera which is a three-hour drive through the mountains and then this time making this drive and seeing so much debris and everything knocked over and like uh, roofs ripped off and signs and posts and no no streetlights and bare just everything bare the trees bare and i saw things on the drive that i have never seen before and i i grew up on the island basically i mean i didn't grow up there but i grew up there my summer spent there i i had been able to memorize just like how that terrain was I get emotional now just thinking about just being able to look out and see some of these houses that I had never been able to see before because it, it used to be so lush and just staples of a certain just counties driving past by and just being like, oh my God, look at that building and oh my God, that roof is gone. And just knowing how difficult it was for some people to be able to gain access to electricity and to food and to water and to, and just knowing the situation of how things were in the hospital. Since I come from a background of family, uh, my whole family is just doctors. So it's just something that we would constantly be discussing. And it was really hard. It was really hard going back in December and, um, I just went back now um, almost two weeks ago for my grandfather's 90th birthday. And I'm happy to say that there is some improvement. Trees are growing back and some of the roofs are back on and some of the lights are fixed and there's not debris all over the the roads and some places still don't have access to atm so we had to make sure we always had cash just in case um this time my mom and i decided to take a completely different route through the north side of the the island since we had nothing to do that day really our only plan was i got there and really, really early in the day. And the whole—the only plan of the day was to drive to my grandparents' house. But, you know, it was okay if we could show up at dinner. So we decided to just stop at random beaches along the way. And making that drive with my mom, who was born and raised and literally goes every year and multiple times throughout the year to Puerto Rico. And her realizing how much the beaches... Were impacted by the hurricane. It's just you could see just how disrupted the ecosystem was. So that was that was that was a little weird. But I think, regardless of it all, I'm so proud and so happy to call myself a Puerto Rican because my people are so strong. And they're so positive. We're definitely very realistic people, but we're so positive. We just don't give up. And everywhere that I would go, I would see flags and graffiti of Puerto Rico se levanta and just displaying how strong and united we are because... Our island has definitely had our ass kicked real hard over the years with multiple hurricanes, but I mean, this one's definitely, definitely the worst in a very long time. But it was, it was great to just be around my people and see, and see that there were people coming to the island still for you know, just boosting the economy and just wanting to come still as tourist and still being pulled to what a beautiful, strong island it is. So that made me really happy. That definitely did. Um Yeah, I just Yeah. I didn't really we don't really touch up too much on the subject of how the administration is handling things right now. I mean, it just wasn't something I wanted to discuss around my family, just because we are just trying to focus on the good instead of just, it's just nonstop gross negativity that comes from the president every time he mentions Puerto Rico. And I mean, I talk about it with my parents, but I rather not talk about it with my the rest of my family just because yeah but you know overall and I, I know that things will get hopefully you know I, I'm hopeful I am I'm very hopeful that things will start to shift and that more people just become more aware of the reality of it all just don't ever doubt a Puerto Rican. We'll get through this. We're strong.
0: So there you have it. Just a little bit of Adriana talking about her experience in Puerto Rico, her recent trips there, and how she feels about the whole debacle of our government basically not giving a fuck about their fellow Americans. So thank you so much, Adriana, for taking the time out of your day and also for sharing your story. Another thing that I want to talk about is the case of Botham Jean. So Botham Jean was a 26-year-old man who died on September 6th after an off-duty officer named Amber walked into his apartment allegedly thinking it was hers And shot him twice. Mm -hmm. So her apartment is actually below, directly below his. Or actually, I I don't know if it's directly below his, but it was one floor below his. And his apartment had a welcome mat upstairs or at the entrance of his door, you know, a doormat. And hers does not. And again, her apartment was one floor below his. So for her to go up upstairs see that there's a doormat outside of this person's apartment and still think it's hers. I don't buy that at all. I need to know what the fuck kind of drugs she was on. If that's her story, if she's alleging she thought it was her apartment, I need to know what drugs she was on because there's no way, there's no way you can confuse an apartment. How are you going to accidentally go upstairs when you know you live below? Like, it's just ridiculous. (sighs) First, she was alleging that she thought she was in her apartment and that she was standing her ground and all this stuff. And then, of course, on the day of his funeral, instead of the media focusing on his life and the fact that he was murdered in cold blood for no reason, the media decides to bring up that there was marijuana found in his apartment. AKA the tired old story of trying to assassinate the character of someone that was murdered. And I can't say I'm I'm surprised, but it's just really, really just, it really hurts. And I'm sorry, I'm crying, but just thinking about it, it's outrageous. Because I think, you know, I don't know this person, I didn't know. at all. I don't know anything about him. I know he lived in Texas, but imagine you were sitting on your couch in your apartment and a cop opens your door and murders you. And then on the day of your funeral, the only media coverage is focusing on drugs being found in your apartment, instead of talking about how you were preaching in your church the week before, you know, and then and then of course, you see the opposite where there was a case um of a man that murdered his entire family, but the media decides to cover it like it was such a big surprise. Like the coverage of, of that murder of the man that murdered his entire family was neighbors say that John was always such a fun-loving dad. Everybody's surprised that John killed his family. John loved playing golf with Susie. Like, that is the coverage that murderers get. But the murdered men, that are always men of color, <laughs> get literally shat on. It's just, it's really, it's really, really sad. And it makes me want to, and I hate saying it, but like bring children into the world. You know, like knowing that they're going to have to be exposed to this poison every day. And then we have people freaking out because there are protests during NFL games and people are deciding to kneel during the national anthem. And instead of saying, you know what, maybe they're doing it for a reason, maybe they're maybe they go home and their heart hurts and maybe they lost someone that they loved unfairly and that's why they're kneeling but no the other side of the spectrum just says they're being unpatriotic and they're shitting on the soldiers and they're doing this and without even acknowledging that there's a war going on in our own country and it's funny i saw this meme or whatever this picture that said um racism is so american that when you protest it people think you're protesting america And that's true. That's what it is. I mean, nobody's kneeling because we hate America. We're kneeling because we hate what's going on in our backyards and nobody's doing anything about it. Nobody's acknowledging it. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. I just don't even, I have no words for how I feel. I I don't know. I guess at this point I should ask you guys, because if you listen to my podcast, I would assume that a lot of you enjoy the content that I put out and enjoy maybe my point of view on a lot of things. So I want to ask the audience, how do you deal with reading about these things and just being, you know, okay, I'm going to use this really corny word. How do you deal with being woke? You know? And like, it's really, I, it's affecting me in so many ways, but as in another, on the other side, I, I can't, like, I, I can't be ignorant to these things. Um, I have... Um, I met a man a month ago who is a Republican and I see him post stuff on Facebook, not necessarily pro Trump or anything, but he'll, he'll, um, comment on one of my posts and sort of like defend it. And at one point he said something like, the, the best way to deal with it is just to do what's best for your own people or whatever. And this is a, a wealthy man allegedly. And I mean, to me, that makes sense. It's like to be ignorant and just to care about how things are affecting you and your family. If you do that and you're a wealthy white man, then you're great. But how do people of color, how do women, how do LGBT, how do any minorities deal with this? I just I know that I'm not the only one, of course. So I just really want to know what you guys think. What do you do? How do you just connect? you guys give yourselves a like a limit of what sort of media you're ingesting on a daily basis. How do you how do you take care of yourself while also caring about others and the world? I'm finding it really hard. I really am, you know. I try to do self-care things and and that's all great, but really at the end of the day I'm really sad all the time about all of this shit and I can't stop thinking about it, but I also can't imagine a world where I don't know what's going on i mean first off it's impossible like it's literally impossible unless i decide to go in and just live in a you know in the woods for a year or something and maybe get refreshed or i don't know i, I just i really don't know and i need i need suggestions so let me know what you guys do when you feel like the world sucks and you are helpless and you don't know how to do anything. You don't know how to help. You don't know how to Help me be okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's going to be it for, for this sad segment of today because <laughs> this is way too much sadness already. And I've already cried like five times. So I want to move on to the segment of shit that I'm into this week. And this is actually not even this week. This is something I've been into for years. So a few years ago, I I don't know how. Oh, okay. I do know how my friend Genevieve posted on Facebook. She shared a live video of a, uh, of a woman that was shucking oysters and at that time I had no idea what was happening but my friend shared it and I was like hmm let me take a ganda so I went on their page uh their page is called just shuck it yeah so it's basically um a bunch of women that I don't know how but they find, buy oysters um from somewhere I guess some sort of providers and they shuck them live on Facebook so they I started watching it in 2016 like early 2016 or maybe at the end of 2015. It was right when they started and um, I got super into it. It's kind of like one of those ASMR things where it like relaxes you to the core. It's so creepy. So weird. It's just so weird and I love it. And so (laughs) these women shuck oysters on live. So like you go, say you want a, a pearl and, um, like say I want a pearl, for example, I would go onto their page, pay for the, whatever it is I want. If I want them to open it live, if I want them to send it to me to shuck or whatever, <laughs> that word is still so weird to me. So you pay for it ahead of time and then they'll tell you what day they're going to do the shucking of whatever you purchased. And then you just sit there and watch. And there's like, Thousands and thousands of people watch these things and comment constantly. And it's just so fun. And there's women that have that, like I think constantly order things. I don't know how they afford it because it's not that cheap. And so they also mount it onto different pieces of jewelry. So you can buy a pearl and then you can buy the jewelry that goes with it. And they mount it for you and then they send it to you in the mail. It's pretty cool, actually, like if you're into it. I'm not really into the whole pearl thing, but I really love watching the videos. I'm telling you. I've fallen asleep to it like five times in the past two weeks. I actually, like I said, I started watching these videos in 2015, 16ish and then all of a sudden I just kind of stopped. I don't know, maybe I got bored or something I, or I, I don't know, I just stopped watching it. And about 2 weeks ago, I my brain just went, "Hey, what about those shocking girls?" what's their name? And I completely forgot the name because I never really, I I never put like on the page because I didn't want to go that far into it where I was seeing them on my feed. It's kind of one of those guilty pleasures that I'll just search and go to um, on Facebook. So it took me like a day to remember the name because now it's such a big thing that so many people do it. But no, nobody does it. Like just shuck it. They're number one. They're like the original Facebook live shuckers and they're great. So the main girl's named Megan. She's really cool. She's fun to watch. She, you know, I don't know. There's something about the sand. Sorry. There's something about the sand. I keep saying sand. I'm trying to say sound. There's something about the sound of them, like, peeling the oyster back (laughs) and then taking the knife and, like, knifing through it to open it. Like, I don't know. That noise, like, puts me to sleep. I love it. It's, it's like... It's like the creepiest lullaby ever. But um, yeah, so that's the thing that I'm currently into is just shuck it on Facebook. Look for them. And if you like pearls, buy yourself one. So since uh, since my last episode with my friend Matt, where we were talking about Ariana Grande, which, by the way, is pronounced Grandy. What? Okay, so now I have to say Ariana Grandy. So since my last episode where I was talking a little bit about Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson, <laughs> just kidding. Um, I think two days later, Mac Miller died and I was never a huge fan of his, but he's definitely one of those people that you can tell just really was the nicest guy ever. And everyone loved so hard And it just really, it really reminds you that you can be as nice and happy and and like as bright of a presence in someone's life and you can still be really miserable inside. So just another reminder that mental health is really important and it shouldn't be taboo. We should all talk about it. We should all be open about it, which is why I'm really open about it which is why I'm crying right right now, but I was crying earlier. I really don't care anymore about whatever stigma mental health brings with it. I think the more that we openly talk about it, the better it's going to be. And that's really the only thing we can do Um, because obviously people in power aren't going to do anything and only talk about it when there's shootings. And then a day later it's forgotten. The saddest part was that people were actually blaming Ariana Grande. I, I really don't go through celebrity um, posts comments. Like I, I try not to go to co- through comment threads anyway, but um, I went through one of Ariana Grande one of Ariana Grande's uh, posts before she had disabled comments after Mac Miller died. And there were people saying some really, really, really horrible things, you know, not even just, it should have been you, but like, hashtag kill Ariana, hashtag Ariana should have been the one, hashtag fuck Ariana, just like crazy. And I don't know if these are robots or real people, but if they're real people, then Lord help their soul because wow, they've got some really, not only hate in their hearts, but just they're really wrong about everything. Like if, if you really think those things, they think somebody else is responsible for an overdose, a drug overdose of someone. Like he was his own person. He had a problem and the fact that they decided to call it off or however that went, that's nobody's business. And that's no, and there's no right that anyone has to blame anything on her. It's just really fucked up. I feel like this podcast has become just me talking about everything that's fucked up in the world (laughs) except by stir this episode. So the last thing that I want to talk about is an idea that I've had forever, probably for the last decade. Um, And there's evidence of that because of my presence on YouTube, but I want to start a YouTube channel and I want you guys to tell me if you think that's a good idea. I actually went on, (laughs) okay, a little background. In 2013, I believe, I became a Beachbody coach. Um, If you guys don't know what Beachbody is, it is the company that created Shakeology, uh, P90X, Insanity, T25, all those amazing programs. Um, I was a coach for about two years, and I don't want to get into the whole thing because I have my pros and cons about it. If you guys want me to talk about my experience, I will. Just let me know. Like I will gladly talk about it, but not right now. What I want to talk about in regards to that is that when I was a coach, I started a YouTube channel um, called Char TV and I put up a bunch of videos that I completely forgot existed. And I went through them yesterday and I had a bunch of videos that had a good amount of views. I actually have one video of me making coconut flour pizza and it has almost 14,000 views like what? Like YouTube, where's my check? I don't understand. How did I not know about this? Um, but yeah, I completely forgot about the existence of my YouTube channel. And now I'm thinking like, Hmm, maybe I should do a YouTube channel too. Um, but with that question rises another question. What should I, what kind of content would you guys like me? If you would like me to have a YouTube channel, what kind of content would be good? Um, I I have a lot of ideas because I've been thinking about this for years. Um, but I would like to have some sort of suggestions from you guys. And especially just to see if our ideas of what I could do on YouTube align. Um, because like I said, I do have ideas. But I just want to see, maybe get ideas from other people. And see maybe how many times I could say the word ideas in a row. Okay. And that's about it on that. So yeah, let me know either on my Instagram comments, on my Facebook page, DM me, do whatever, but let me know. Okay, guys, that's going to be it. This is a really short episode because I'm having a really rough day and I just want to climb in bed and continue watching Insecure, but I really wanted to put on an episode. So I'm doing it and I did it and it's here, but it's going to be really short. And I promise that the next episode is probably going to be really exciting with like an exciting guest should be in person and not on the phone so that's gonna be really cool and I hope you guys keep tuning in and loving my content love you guys till next time xoxo shark radio p.s hashtag team cardi b fuck thank you man. mm-hmm Ew.